evening. Praise the Lord. Wow. It's been a great time being with you since Monday. Monday, Tuesday, today is Wednesday. It's always an honor and a joy and a privilege to come together in God's name and fellowship in his word. And um, the Lord always has something wonderful anytime we come into his presence. And he has something for you tonight, just like you are the only one in this hall. And I pray you don't miss what the Lord has for you tonight. Amen. We thank him for his great grace with us on Monday, yesterday, and then tonight. And uh, I thank God for my family also there in Europe, the church. They are praying, they are joining me in prayers, they are fasting. Whenever I travel, they keep praying and fasting till I get back. So I have a very powerful team over there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, I just bless you tonight again. In this place, I bow my knees before your throne tonight. Before your throne, oh God. And I hand over every single one here tonight, myself and them, and those watching online, I bring before you, oh God. Rule and reign. Breathe into every single one here tonight. Father, that none of us will miss our blessing today. And we might become more and more the people that you want us to be. We thank you, Father. Let your anointing be upon me and upon everyone watching, or those who are here, Lord God. And I command every powers to become subject to the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I bind every force of darkness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I hope you know that the first murder that ever took place on earth took place at the place of worship. The first murder, the first bloodshed on the face of the earth took place in the church. <clears throat> Chapter 4 of Genesis says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In, in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offered unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wrought, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wrought, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, 
And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When you read this today, it seems we are reading the front page news of the newspapers of the world and televisions as we see murders and killings and burnings and destructions all over the world in the name of God, in the name of religion. It began right here, right at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, chapter 4. And we can see the first murder that ever took place. It happened at the place of worship. Cain and Abel. I think he had only, by then, I think maybe that was the, his only brother he could play with. And he killed him. Why did he kill him? Because he offered to God the right sacrifice. Because he worshipped right. He worshipped right. He worshipped God the way he ought to be worshipped. He honored God. He gave God his rightful place and position. Ken saw God as the one who is worthy of all honor and all worship. The one that I ought to give my best. The one for whom I live. And to whom, from whom come all blessings. So Abel did not do anything wrong to Ken. He did not stop Ken from doing what is right. He was not trying to compete with Ken. He was just doing the right thing. We are to bring a sacrifice to God. So, to who? Not to daddy, not to mommy, but to God. Well, if it is to God, then uh, uh, he owned heaven, he owned the earth, he made the universe, he owned my soul, he owned my life. I came out naked or here, I came with nothing. So, if I'm to give him something, then I ought to give him the best I have. And today... Many people on earth doesn't think God is worthy of that. And you may think it is people far away, but no, even we who are called Christians, many times we don't think God is worthy of our all worship and honor. So the place of worship is a place of conflict and war and murder and killing and jealousy and envy. So just imagine this young boy, Ken didn't, I mean, Abel didn't do his brother anything wrong. All he did was just to worship right, offer the right sacrifice to God. And what God did was right. God said, wow, that's good. So I accept that. And Ken basically gave to God his leftover. Ken did not really think, well, whom am I offering the sacrifice? What does he mean to me? Who is he? He didn't think through. He didn't really ask himself, whom am I really offering this thing to? Is it to my father or to my mother or to my friend or to some, you know, somebody somewhere? He didn't think it through. But Cain, I mean, Abel taught it through. Who? God. The owner of all things. The one from whom every good thing comes. Ah, I'm going to give him my best. 
And Cain just come out of casually. Yeah, God, okay, today, all right. What do I have here? All right, that's what I got. Take this. He did not think it, did not prepare for it, did not plan for it, did not organize himself. And so, Abel won God's approval. The flame of his sacrifice went like that. And the flame of Cain's sacrifice kept going round and round and round and round. It didn't go up. And then, here is Cain over there. Here is Abel here. And when they put fire on their sacrifices, his own fire is going round and round and round and round. His own brush on goes. And he look. And they look. And he look. And they look. He was not angry with himself. Ah, I made a mistake. How can I correct myself? How can I do it better next time? Oh, God, please, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, give me more time. I'm going to do it right, okay? No, he was angry. He was angry. Why did you do? Why did you give God the right sacrifice? You ought to be like me. Let's insult him. Let's ignore him. Let's give him the leftover. And can you imagine? This man did not judge himself, did not say, Oh, I'm, I'm wrong. I, I should have done something better. Or he didn't even say, okay, brother, how did you do it? How did you do it that God, God gave you this approval? No, he didn't want to learn from him. The best thing is to kill him. This is worship. It never changed. The spirit of Cain and Abel ruled the place of worship till today. You can be in a home, two people, all praying, all worshiping, all going to church. One is Cain, one is Abel. This one gives God a casual prayer, a casual praise, something that is very convenient. No sacrifice. There's no blood in the sacrifice. You see, Cain's sacrifice had no blood in it. It didn't bleed. Abel's sacrifice was a sacrifice. It bled. It had blood in it. It was a sacrifice. It was not just a casual throw away whatever you don't want to. So up to today, all through the generations, the true worshippers has always become victims of the false worshippers. And the, the spirit of Ken has established many religions in the world and even churches. And they want to stifle and stop and kill and intimidate the spirit of Abel. The Lord Jesus said, God is a spirit. And those who worship him must, not man, must worship him in spirit and in truth. For God seeks such to worship him. Even though God is, you see, God is so merciful. He is so compassionate. I remember many years ago, somebody was really troubling me. I said, Lord, what do I do with this person? The Lord said to me, have patience with this person as I had patience with you. I said, Lord, you are God. I'm not God. <laughs> you can do that. I can't do that. <laughs> How long will I endure this guy? <laughs> He said, you have patience with him as I had patience with you. And I can remember, oh, 
the great patience he has had with my life. Can you imagine how much God has invested in our life? From the very seed stage of your life, when you were just a little thing in the womb, he watched over you. Then he guarded you, and then you were born. And all through the life, your childhood, your, your, you know, your teenage years, and all your crawlness and, you know, casual, he doesn't care about nobody and nothing. To you, you were the only person that is important on earth. He didn't care about God if he even existed. And God endured us all those many years, sending his mercy, sending his grace, protecting, preserving, providing, and guiding. And then at the time came, he drew you with the cord of love. And made you his own. And forgave you all your sins. And called you his own. Great is your mercy, O God. Wonderful, Father. Merciful and kind. Full of compassion. He is so patient with the human race. That's one thing that amazes me about God. How much did he endure Lucifer? When this archangel that God formed and created and beautified and, and he was the cherub that was anointed and covered. God planted the pipes and all instruments of music was formed in him. He was an embodiment of music and beauty because God formed him for worship. You see, God made him formed everything in him equipped him to be a worshiper and he was in charge of worship in heaven and god is on the throne and he's before the congregation and all the prayer and the praise and worship of god flows through him to the throne and the bible said he made a business of the praises of heaven he made a merchandising of it that means when the praises are coming, the worship is coming, he will take some piece of it and put it in his own pocket and give God the rest. He will take some of the glory and the rest. Some here. Some. He was a smart businessman. I hope maybe he was a Greek, I don't know, or was a Jew. He was Italian maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but he was very, very subtle. And Bible say, made enterprise. And God would stand in his throne and see this archangel playing with his praise, playing with his worship. And the Almighty endured this man and endured this guy, endured him, endured him, giving him all the time in the world to correct himself. Sometimes I say, Father, give me a time to correct myself. I have not been the best I ought to be these days. Please, just give me a little time to correct myself. I told the same thing to my wife. I sang my wife a song. You love me, and I love you, and we love the children. You know we love the children. Just give me a little time to make it right. <laughs> give me a little time, oh darling. Give me a little time to make it right. If you give me a little time, I'm going to make it right. I want every man to learn that song. 
That is the title for the message tonight. <laughs> Just give me a little time and I'll make you right. Hallelujah. You think you are lovely? You think you are kind? God gave you a wife to say, okay, show it. You think you're a good person? You think you're wonderful? God said, okay, show it to that woman that you are a person. Prove it here. That's why God gave you a wife and a husband. Prove your best. Show your best. Don't take your best to the grave. The best of many people are in the grave. They died without showing their best. So before you leave this earth, make sure you've emptied yourself of all your best. Somebody say hallelujah. That is why our Lord Jesus Christ emptied himself. He completely and absolutely gave all he had and all he was to you and me. Your wife wants your best. Your children want your best. Your church wants your best. God wants you to bring out your best and leave it here on earth. Don't die with it. We need it here and now. Victory Church needs your best. Don't hide it. Don't bury it. Don't postpone it. It is needed now. You we have created to be a blessing to us. Tell somebody you were created to be a blessing to us. Tell them again, you are created to be a blessing to us. Don't take your best to the grave, please. We need it. Somebody say hallelujah. So you see, the worship is a place of conflict. Maybe, we don't know, you don't know what is shaking this world. You don't know why there are wars and earthquakes and chaos and you don't know why. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you why there are chaos on earth. It is about worship. Every war on earth, every problem on earth is revolved around worship. That is the root of all conflict. It did not begin here on earth. It began in heaven when the archangel wanted to be what? Worshipped. It's worship. So he, he wanted to be like God and be worshipped. So the conflict, the battle began because an archangel wanted to be worshipped. That is when he was cast out of heaven. So every battle on earth is, is around worship. It's not about money. It's not about color of skin. No, 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 no. It's not about education. No, 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 no. Every worship, every contention, every struggle on earth is about worship. That is the root of every conflict. Worship. Whom do you worship? What do you worship? That's all about it. And then you see the war began in heaven about worship. One third of heaven's angels joined Lucifer. Two thirds remain with God. It was all about worship. Then the first mother on earth was about worship. Cain killed Abel. Why? Because of worship. So you have to understand even the conflict in your life. The problems in your life, the wars going on around your life is about worship. So you, you have to establish whom do I worship? To whom do I owe all honor and respect? Whom will I live for? It's not about money. 
It's not about which party you belong to. It's about worship. Those who worship God like Ken and those who worship like Abel. It's about worship. That is the root of all conflict on earth. Much of the attacks, problems, confusions in the world is about worship. Who will get your attention? Who will occupy your thinking? Who will you focus your mind and energy on? When Christ came here on earth, Satan came to him and said, hey, if you will bow down and worship me, just imagine if he would tell that to the Son of God, if he would demand that from Jesus, what about you and me? It's not about money. It's not about races. No, religion is about whom do you worship. What do you worship? And if you choose to worship in spirit and in truth, if you choose to worship the true and the living God, then Cain will fight you. If you hear about terrorism today, churches are being bombed. They are killing Christians all over the world, cutting off their heads, going to churches, bombing, killing, destroying. Some nations now won't even let you have a church or even preach. It's not about politics. It is about worship. This is why America has to be very, very careful. You are playing into the, into the, you are playing into the hole of Satan. It's not about politics and party. It's about worship. The true worshiper and the false worshiper. The person who choose to worship the living God, who believe that God is worthy of all honor, that in all things we ought to put him first. Some say put him last, or he doesn't even exist, by the way. So why worry about God? It is not politics. It's not money. It's not race. It is worship. Whom do you worship? If you decide in your heart, I and my house, we will worship the living God. Nobody, nothing, no man. Only God. Uh-huh. You'll be surprised that life is not as complicated as you think. <laughs> then you will know where and why and who is your enemy. The enemies of true worship will fight you. But don't be distracted. It's not about money. It's not about this. Remember, it is about worship. Don't confuse yourself. Don't let anyone play with your mind. It's about worship. So stick with true worship. Somebody say hallelujah. And so Ken killed his brother. All through the human history is about idol worshiping, Nimrod building his tower, the zodiac to the skies to worship the God of the heavens. And then from there began all the cults of the world and fraternities and religions and falsehood. They want to establish the worship of Satan. Today on earth, the, gro- the most growing group on earth today is Satanism. Satanism is growing today more than the church, more than any other religion in the world. Because very soon the Antichrist and the first prophet will come here on earth to establish a global worship of Satan. 
Satan wants one thing, worship. All this whole thing on earth is to fight for worship. So get your heart right. Choose, decide whom will you serve. Somebody say hallelujah. I will worship the Lord my God. So if you establish your heart to worship the living God, you will know that life is not so complicated. So in anything, in any choices, in any decision, at any point in time, put worship first. When you put worship first, you will always make the right decisions. This boyfriend, this girlfriend, this person, who is he? Is he a worshiper of the true God? Is he Ken or is he Abel? Life is not so complicated if you can understand that the conflict in life is about worship. Somebody say hallelujah. And so that helps us a lot. So we understand there that Ken killed his brother Abel. Look at Israel and the the nations of the world. All the nations of the world worshipped idols. They worshipped demons. Astaroths, Moleks. And all those bowels? What about David and Goliath? He cursing Goliath in the name of his God? It's about who you worship. Look at that Nebuchadnezzar and all the emperors and Caesars and Herods and Pharaohs. And all of them, well, they, were just, they, were, they were serving the pleasure of their God. It's not about the economy. It's not about politics, it's about religion. It's about worship. Almost everybody on earth worships something. They will not tell you, but they know what they do in secret. Yes, of course. And they make their plans and they, they spend their money in the line of what they worship. They wouldn't spend their money in the line that will benefit the God they don't believe in. Christians, children of God, wake up. Let God open our eyes. The final confrontation on earth, we're not going to be about uh, any other thing but about religion. Hmm. Yes. It is about religion. At the end of everything, it's about religion. It's about worship. Yeah. Because the conflict between God and Satan is about worship. Money is a tool. Everything on earth is a tool. Everybody is using everything on earth to see if you can get the worship out of it. Knowledge, wisdom, education, science, technology, money, popularity, fame, wealth, riches, influence. They are using all this to buy worship. Beauty. Everything is a tool to buy worship. Satan uses everything as a tool to buy worship. You bow, you worship me, I give you that. You join this, I give you this. You sign here, I give you that. You enter the court, you get the position. It's all about worship. And it is us Christians who are very naive. We don't seem to understand the rhythm of the music. We, we are so naive. We are so childish. We, we think the world is, no, 
the other people know better than we know. The children of the world are in their time more wiser than the children of the kingdom of God. They are not playing game. Everything they do is about their religion. And they don't want to understand. But most of us Christians are not living for worship. You have to live for worship. You have to invest everything you are, everything you have around worship. Because that's what, how heaven invests. That is how hell invests. Everything hell does is around worship of sin. And God wants to invest everything around worship of the living God. And he wants us to be willing to die for the God we worship. It's not about, we, we, we are so naive, we, don't, we see the world differently. The hidden see totally different from the scope of worship. Politics is a tool. Money is a tool. Education is a tool. It's, it's, a, it's to create a mindset. It's a channel. At the end of it, you see that it was worship. It's worship. You didn't know that. No, it's worship. I thought it was just a job, a business, a friend, a, a husband, a wife. No, 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 no. It was to lead you to this worship. At the end of the way, it's worship. Years ago, I had a, a prophetic vision. And I saw many people in Europe. They were all in a line. They didn't know what was tying them all together. And they were just moving like this. Just long line of people. Something was pulling them. They were not moving. And I said to myself, let me see what is pulling these people. This whole big line of people. Somewhere there in the line, I don't really know what is happening. Some scratch their hair, some thing that way. But then, then they move. Then I, I watched. I saw a very tiny magical rope that linked all the people together. And I traced the line of that rope. I got into a big office room. I look inside around a very big table. At the end of that table that way was Lucifer with two horns and European leaders signing a contract with him. I woke up. My body shook. Why do you think he's just making money, just getting friendly, just being kind, just going to the bar, just drinking, just smoking, just a party? I mean, that party, that's when the party, we all argue and think. You are being drawn by a magical rope to one direction. You think it is just, listen, no, in the this, in this spirit, nothing happens by, happens by accident. Nobody is independent. That we are drawn. Why do you think you're just making money, looking for good life, enjoying your life? You are being drawn in one direction. At the end of that rope is worship. At the God of Satan. The Antichrist is coming to establish a global religion. Recently, the Pope was in Dubai and they begin to sign documents with the Grand Imam. 
And you could see the both of them kissed each other in the lip. They are preparing the world for one world religion. Don't be tricked. Everything ends in worship. Everything on earth, money, wealth, politics, whatever, is all a tool to get worshipers. Ken and Abel, the true worshipers, must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Somebody say hallelujah. And so you understand there, when God told Moses, prepare this special oil of anointing. Then anoint me Aaron and his sons that they might minister unto me in the office of the priest. And then that oil was made, as we shared last night, it was poured upon Aaron and upon his sons and to sanctify them, to make them holy. That means to distinguish them, to separate them, that they become no more ordinary person. From that day, they were now separated. From that day, that oil of the anointing sanctifies them, separates them. They were no more common. They can no more just go. In fact, they were forbidden to see dead bodies. When, when the two sons of Aaron offered a strange fire and died, Moses told Aaron and his, and, and, and his son, Eliezer, don't you dare go to touch them. Don't even mourn for them. Why? Because you are anointed. There are things you cannot do because you are no more an ordinary person. You are devoted. You are dedicated. You are set up to be only for God. Somebody say hallelujah. And from that very day, a special presence of God come upon them. So they were anointed. They were separated. They were sanctified. As we shared last night, the anointing, number one, when it is upon you, is to separate you. So you cannot just marry anybody. You can't just go anywhere. You cannot just, just, just do what you like. No, 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 no. You can't just do what you like. You are devoted to the service of the Almighty God. You think his thoughts. You speak his words. You do what pleases him. Your time is in his hand. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, I think months ago, some months ago, I was worshiping God in, in the night. Then I think something happened. I woke up to, I had to go downstairs to deal with something. When I came back up to try to continue to worship God, the Lord said to me, if you are meeting somebody that is, that is very spiritual, if you're meeting somebody very superior, maybe a president or whatever, very superior, who determines when the meeting begins and when it ends? I got the message. When you are meeting somebody, let's say, for example, you had an appointment. With, I know that in our time, nobody respects anybody anymore. You know, nothing is holy in our time. Everybody is just the same. But in the time we were growing up, when you meeting somebody who is a superior, let's say your president or your mayor or your governor, you have an appointment with him, they will tell you which time to come. Is that right? And you don't go there and say, okay, Mr. Governor, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I must, I must have to, I must have to go. I got to go. Okay? I'm, I'll see another. No, no, no. You, you, you cannot turn your back on the leader. If he wants to keep you there for the whole day, you must stay there. And the Lord said to me, who decides 
when the meeting ends, I say, Lord, I'm sorry. Many of us, we are lacking because we don't know how to honor the Lord. We determine when to begin the meeting and we determine when to end it. That's an insult. When you come into God's presence, you must stay there until he releases you. Or else, you go empty-handed. You go out there, you go fight your devils. You go fight your flesh. But if you know that he is a spirit, and you honor him, and you abandon yourself with him, then he ought to be the one to determine when the meeting ends. Can somebody say hallelujah? We are coming to the place of worship. When Moses went up to meet the Lord in, on the mount, he didn't tell the Lord, Lord, okay, I think I've been here enough. Uh, let me go, you know, I'll see you another time. No, the Lord kept him there as long as he wanted. He didn't even say, Lord, you know, I'm hungry. I'm not eating this morning. Let me go and eat and come back, okay? Uh, Lord, please just give me some little time. Let me go and get some hamburger. No, he stayed there drinking nothing and eating nothing. The present day church have not yet understood fully the impact and the power of worship. We are lacking in this area so much, all of us, and we have to grow in it. The hidden, the unbelievers, they seem to be honoring their religion and even their worship more than we do. They are more willing to sacrifice and even die for what they believe. But for us, we won't make any sacrifice. We won't even go to the church on Sunday or on Wednesday or Monday. No, that's too much. I will stay home and watch online. Listen, when you are worshiping according to your own will, you are not worshiping God. True worship is when you abandon your will to his will. If you worship according to your own will and choice, when and where and how, you are worshiping yourself. That is why the Lord Jesus said, not what I will, but what, what? You will. Not my will, but what? Your will. And the Bible said, by that will of Jesus Christ, that is why we are sanctified. Because he did not try to say, okay, let's make, let me think about it, God. Let me, so if it is okay with me and okay with you, let's, let's argue this things out. No, 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 no. Not my will, but your will. Not my time, but your time. Not my way, but your way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Worship is a surrendering of the will. So you can't choose when to go, how to go. Oh, it is cold that I cannot go. Oh, it is freezing that I cannot go. Oh, no, no I say, no, that is, you are, that is, you, you are worshiping your will. Worship is finding out the will of God and submit to it. So you will see always in your own life, in your own, you, you never know how much care lives in you till you bow down your knees to worship God. 
you will find out that there's 90% Ken living in your head. That is when they plan to go here and go there, come to your mind. That is when the phone start ringing. The time you want to worship, that's the time they have a very nice television program. Ken will pull you away from the place of total devotion and dedication to God. That's when all the needs, all the things, this good thing, that good thing comes to your mind because you, you have a good, so, so I gotta go, I gotta go, I can't stay here any longer. Five minutes prayer is enough. You are now worshiping your own will. Worship is surrendering the will to the Almighty God. So God says, Anoint me the Abel, I mean, uh, Aaron and his family, let them worship me in the office of the priest. The first anointing. For you and I is the anointing of a priest. Say with the anointing of the priest. Say again, the anointing of a priest. And this is very important. That's why we begin with anointing. When God anoints you, when he calls you, when he chooses you, when he ordains you, your first office is the office of a priest. That's why the Bible says, for you are a chosen generation. Chapter 2, 1 Peter, but verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should shew forth the prince of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So your first place of worship and service is the place of a priest. Today people think, I am serving God because I am busy in church. Now, being busy in church is great. Doing good things is great. But that's not the first place you begin. The first place of service of God and worship of God is as a priest. You become a priest of God. What do priests do? Priests spend their time continuously worshiping God in secret. You have to develop a personal life of continuous daily worship. Not in public, but in secret. Much of, what, much of what we see today in worship is only in public. The Lord Jesus said, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, do it in secret. Then your father, who sees in secret, shall what? Reward you Openly. Today, most people want to serve in public, in the open, where everybody will see you. That's not the place to begin. The place to begin to serve or to worship God is in secret, in the place of your private personal prayer life. You have to make, develop a personal prayer life. You are a priest of God. You are anointed. You are to offer to God acceptable sacrifices by Jesus Christ. Can somebody say hallelujah? It amazes me the value God places in our personal worship. You may not value your prayer and praise. God values them more than you do. And the devil hates it with total hatred. Because the conflict is about worship. So if you and I are to really defeat Satan, the place you ought to defeat the devil is not in burning and in losing. The place to defeat the devil is in the place of worship. 
when you and I surrender our will in worship, in adoration, in praise, in honor to the living God, night and day, wherever you are, in your private time, in your home, in your car, in your office, your soul is open, your mouth is open, you are adoring the God of the universe. That's where you cast out devils. When you worship in spirit and in truth. Somebody say hallelujah. Then the glory of God will cover your life. You become like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. Was, your inner man is crying. Your spirit man is crying. Crying. Take me to the waters. I want to kiss the face of God. Money can't satisfy me. Food can't. Sex can't. I want to kiss God. I want to worship God. I want to be in the presence of him who created me. Your inner man cries while your Adam, your Ken, want movie. He wants rock music. He wants a hamburger. He wants to be with the people here and friend here and friend there. Your inner man say, I want to be with God. I want to be with God. I want to be in his presence. Please let me go. I must abide in his presence. And your can is screaming, kill him. The flesh wars against the spirits. The carnal mind wars against the mind of the spirit. God is calling you. Oh, the father has been missing you. Oh, he's missing you. Deeply, terribly missing you. You'll be shocked the last time you met him. Huh. He's missing you. And your inner man is missing him too. But your Adam, your Ken, wouldn't let you have the time. He has a program. He has a plan for every minute. He has a thought for every hour to keep you occupied and to keep you away from the place of true worship. It's a fight. It's a struggle. It's a war. You have to travel. You have to battle it through to make that holy time to bow before God in worship. Can somebody say hallelujah? It's a war every day to be able to make that quality time to spend enough time and worship God in spirit and in truth. It's a war. You have to fight with every can in your mind, every abel in your mind. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. You are, first of all, a priest. You are anointed to spend your time in the altar, the place of worship, the place of adoration. Some of us, our altars has grown so cold and even broken. You have to go home and rebuild the altar, a place, a time, a season of the day where you put the phones off, put the TV off, put everything off. The Lord told me, worship me uninterrupted. When it is my time, let it be my time. I don't want to share my time with anything else. My time must be my time. Don't worship anything else. The church today lacks concentration. We are, we are a bunch of silly people. Very silly and stupid. And with the modern technology, we are, we are chained up. You get, you get, how many times do you send a text in a day? 
calling a day. Such your way, such your message in a day. Some people already become so addicted that they always have to check. Even if there's nothing coming, they check the junk mail. If there's something coming, they junk. Check the junk because you're already poisoned. God got a mail for you. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, God got a mail for you. God got a mail for you. So the place of service, the place of ministry, the place of your first anointing is the office and position and place of the priest. It is a place where you come into your closet. You shut the door about you. You disconnect from everybody and from everything. Is your place as a priest. You take your place as a priest before God's presence. And, if, and even if you don't know what to say, kneel down before him and be quiet. It is his time. He wants to meet you there. Stay there, stay there till he releases you. Whisper, sing, praise, adore. Tell him, Daddy, I'm here for you. Jesus did all he did on the cross of Calvary just to get your worship. I know for us, we think he did all that to take us to heaven. No, no, no. That's not the first thing. The first purpose of all he did is for worship. Why go to heaven if you don't want to worship God? What do I go to heaven to do? To, to do what? To watch a movie? No, you are going there to worship. So you have to begin here on earth. I'm so sorry for some men who can't even open their mouth in the church and praise God. But when they are home, they are speaking, they are shouting, they are talking too much. Oh, I am an introvert, yeah, when you're in church. But when you're at home, you scream and talk. You can't open your mouth. Learn to open your mouth and worship God. That's why God gave you mouth, not to talk, but to worship. That's the first use of the mouth. Somebody say, hallelujah. I don't know how to talk, but you curse. Oh. So, learn to worship in secret. And look what happened today in the book of Acts. Time flies so quickly. <laughs> Acts chapter 13. In verse 1, it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manam, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. See, they were here what? Ministering who? To the Lord. Say with me, ministering to the Lord. You see, we always think ministry is to the people first. No, no, no. Your first ministry is to the Lord. Not to people. Much of preachers today and churches today are ministering to the people. They are people sensitive. Oh, poor thing. You ought to be God sensitive. God did not call you to, to, to work for him. 
He called us to walk with him. Don't walk for God. Walk with God. Your, our first ministry is what? Ministering to the Lord. Say with me, ministering to the Lord. Have you ever gone to a, a restaurant and somebody come there to serve you, to wait on you? Do you want some tea? More tea? Or in the plane? More tea? Tea? Chai? Coffee? Coffee? Water? Some wine? Please? If you are in the business class or first class, oh, they almost adore you. They don't adore, they want your money. You know, so they come, oh, some wine, sir, what do you want? Some orange or some fruits, whatever. They are there to minister to you. I mean, you, they are, come. Put your coat, a little bit cold, a little bit warm, please. I don't want to get me this. Oh, they will be back onto your call. They are there to minister to you. You have to understand, our first ministering is to the Lord. You are there to beckon to his every whim, to focus on his eye, what makes him happy, what makes him glad, how to make, he, make his day. God is waiting for you to make his day so he can make your day. If you don't make his day, he can't make your day. So you wake up in the morning and take the time to make his day. When you make his day, he prepared the day for you. He will chase the devil and your enemy away from you. He will change the heart of your boss. Make his day and he will make your life for you. Somebody say hallelujah. So you come before the father in Jesus name. Come by the blood of the lamb and bow your knees and make his day. And worship him. And adore him with all your heart and yield your will, your mind, your thoughts to the Almighty God and praise him. Now listen, God does not bless adults. Did you know that? He never bless grown-up people. He only blesses children. Worship is a child. In the lips of babes and suckling, you have what? Perfected praise. This is why people with adult head can't endure. They don't worship nothing. Their brain is too busy. We have to come to a place where we empty ourselves. Worship is you emptying yourself. Christ came to this world. He emptied himself of all his divinity and majesty. So you and I have to empty yourself and become like a little child. And then you are in worship. Then you can say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. You are beautiful. You are the rose of Sharon. You are the sweet-smelling rose. A moment in your presence is more than a thousand years outside. How wonderful and how marvelous and how glorious are you, O oh God. Heaven and earth is full of your glory and majesty. In power and in beauty, you've made everything. I am the work of your hand because you live. That's why I live. You are my life. You are my song. You are my strength. You are my father. You are my everything. I am here to adore you. Praising you is what makes me glad. Oh, open your heart. I want to come in, oh Father. For in you I live and move and have my being. My Jesus, my Jesus, my life. My Jesus, my Jesus, my strength. 
my song, my dwelling place, the rose of Sharon, the sweet-smelling rose, the lily of the valley, the bright and the morning star, the fountain of living water. Who is like unto thee, O God? Glorious Adam, glorious Adam, O King of Ages. Worship him in holiness and in righteousness. It is not about believing in God. Anybody, anything can believe in God. It's about worship. What and who gets all your attention? For whom do you live for? God is tired of all these games. Our hearts are crying. They are weeping. We begin as a priest, the anointing to minister to the Lord. In the Old Testament, a whole clan of Levi, all their job was to sing every day and worship 24-7. His goodness, his mercy, endure forever. Praise the Lord. The, the, from morning till night. Think about David. Oh, the psalmist of Israel. He was a bundle of adoration. He was a bundle of worship. And God said, he is a man after my heart. He is a man that has known my heart. We are created to worship him. If you cannot worship, you are really in trouble. And I pray for you and I today that you and I today will have that anointing of adoration and anointing of worship. When you are anointed, you are separated. And then your first ministry is the ministry as a priest. Then from being a priest, you got the ministry as a prophet. Here we are prophets. While they were ministering to the Lord, then the Holy Ghost spoke prophecy. Say, separate me, Paul, and what? And Silas. Somebody say hallelujah. From the anointing of a priest to the anointing of what? A prophet. But many times we want to begin as a prophet to go and prophesy, to go and preach, to go and teach, to go here. No, no, no. Your first ministry begin at the place as a priest. When you can really fulfill that place as a priest then the anointing of a prophet comes upon you where you can be able to go out and prophesy to other people and god then walking with you from the anointing of the priest the anointing of the prophet then you come to the anointing of a king three major anointings somebody say hallelujah so with the anointing as a prophet when you spend your time as a priest adoring ministering to the father you are lost in him you come to a place where your will melt into his will and you can say i and the father we are one if you abide in me and my word abide in you ask what you will it shall be done no more conflict there's no more this way, oh God, no, that way, oh God, this person, no, that person, oh, that girl with the blonde, I want blonde on it, brown hair, no, green, green eyes, oh, no, 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 no. You come to a place where your will and his will become one. No conflict. And after that place of a priest, then to the prophet, you can then come out. 
and declare the word of God. You can come out and sing in public. You can come out and serve in public. You can come out and do something in public. Then the father who you met in secret in the place as a priest will now begin to manifest his glorious power in the place as a prophet now. Somebody say hallelujah. When you fulfill that place of ministering as a prophetic word, prophetic voice of God, in serving, in touching lives, in healing, in blessing, you can come to a place where you rise up to the anointing of a king. <laughs> a king. You can decree things. And God said, that's it. You decree things. You come to a place where you have raw power. And even the devil knows that. He will say, he'll go to hell and say, hey, all of you demons, come. Come, 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 please. We have a meeting today, an emergency, please. See this guy? Don't dare touch him. He's too dangerous for us. Leave him alone. Find somebody and kill him. Leave him alone. <laughs> you begin to function in the position and anointing of a king. You can rule. You can decree things in the spirit. Because you and God have no conflict. Your will has melted into his will. You adore him in the office of a priest night and day. It begins with the anointing, separating, sanctified, dedicated, devoted. You know you are not your own. This is your calling. You are called. You are chosen. You are ordained. You are anointed. You are not just a Christian. You know why we always mess up this issue of Christianity? Because we are always looking at the Catholic Church. We are trying to compare with other religions of the world. Christianity is not a religion. It is a calling. It is a divine seal on a human soul. It's God snatching you. You are mine. It is an abduction. You are abducted by God. God abducted you out of the families, out of your family, out of your friends, out of the nation. He said, you are mine. He separates you to himself and marks you with his own mark. You are sanctified. You are a child of the living God. You become the dwelling place of the most high God. If you understand this, you are being sanctified. God will cleanse you. All this is struggle with nicotine, struggle with the pornography, struggle with that passion and sin, battling. It's, it's nonsense. It's because sometimes we don't understand who we are. We are called. We are chosen. We are anointed. We are different. We are not common people. We are the people of God. You are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. You have the seal of God in your life. Somebody say, hallelujah. You are not your own. When we understand that, the Holy Ghost comes on you and empowers you. He breaks the chains of darkness. Oh, mama. Yes, of course. Yes. But if your will is still battling, whose will, will, to, will is to be done? God's own or my own? Then devil has a chance. But remember today, everything is about worship. How you use your time, how you use your money, how you use your thoughts, how you use your word, how you use your body. Everything you do is all about worship. At the end of everything, it ends up in worship. And this world, you know, what would destroy this world is religion, not politics. 
Because at, at the end, very soon, everybody on earth will be a worshiper of either God or Satan. Those two streams. And everything on earth is a tool to gather worship. Either for God or for Satan. Whom will you worship? Whom will you serve? It is one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to be a worshiper of God. And God is calling you and I to a place of worship. Mary came to Jesus when he came to their home. And she went into her inner room, inner closet, and brought out her precious possession. Very precious perfume. It was what one year wage. She took that perfume. She came to the Lord Jesus Christ. She broke that perfume. She poured it on the Lord Jesus Christ. She fell on her face and wiped his feet with her beautiful hair. And the Bible says, and the fragrance of the perfume filled the whole house. You never know which devil is around till you worship God in spirit and in truth. The moment she really worshipped God, the evil in Judas came to the surface. Up till then, everybody was a normal Christian. But when a true worshiper came, when Mary came, took her perfume, that's her life, and broke it and fell on the feet of Jesus Christ and worshipped him, and the fragrance of worship filled the atmosphere, the evil in Judas came to the surface. He went out immediately to betray him. The same thing that happened with Cain and Abel. The moment Abel worshipped God, until then they were brothers. Until then they were in the same level. They loved, they cared, they talked, even about God. They were all nice, good people. Till Abel offered his sacrifice and everything changed. You can be friendly with people. Your place of work and wherever friends, at home, you're all religious people, nice people, good people, and, and no problem. The moment you come to a place of genuine worship, your grandmas get angry. Your husband go mad. Now I'm serious. You're, if, listen, sometimes without you even telling them what happened that you baptized today, somehow they sense something has happened to you. What happened? Where have you been? You look different. Why are you so happy? What is going on? Because their inner man is no more with you like this. You've left them. Ten wakes up. They want to kill you. You you suffer persecution the more you get into the place of true worship. If your church is like everybody else, you have no problem. But they do the right thing. Uh Then you see Ken. Then you see Judas. The Lord is calling you, he's calling me to come to a place of true worship. The anointing descends upon you. You begin in secret, not in public. If all you do in worshiping God is when you come to church, you are not a worshiper. And nothing can can kill the Adam in you than worship. Your flesh will never die till you kneel down and worship. 
What kills the Adam? What kills the Ken? What kills the Judas? What kills the I, I, I? It's worship. It is in worship that I dies. I, I dies in worship. When Christ worshipped, he said, not my will, but your will be done. And people are so mental, they are fixed in their mind. You cannot worship God with your mind. You worship with your spirit, man. You are born again. Friends, you will like it. Humbly ask the Lord today, I am hungry for your presence. I want to worship you. I want to be a true worshiper. I want to worship in spirit and in truth. Your flesh will fight you. Ken will come up. There will be resistance and opposition. But don't give up. Persist. Because that's the place of life. And you worship. And then from worshiping, it comes the place of being a prophet. The anointing comes upon you. You become God's own mouthpiece. And then from being God's own mouthpiece, you rule with God and you rule for God. Amen. You can decree a thing and it comes to pass because you are now in unison with God. When you worship as a priest, you serve as a prophet, you rule as a king. And you have influence on earth. You have dominion on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.